Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Good morning, good morning, rise and shine. You're on with the due time with Pastor Steph. How are you this morning? That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you last week? Are we? started off taking the Monday morning blues, talking about the breaking the yoke women's conference. Oh my goodness, what a phenomenal, life-changing experience we had. Oh my goodness, eight hours of hours. Oh, we talked about everything we had. I mean, some exceptional, exceptional women of God. And they talked about looking for love in all the wrong places. Now, that's kind of a given for a whole lot of people who knew nothing about but love was supposed to be like in their life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we also talked about holding on to him or holding out for God. You know that premarital section, intimacy that we sometimes experience. And that's men and women. Yeah. Can you hold out? Have you held out? Oh God, or have you given it? What is submission? You know, sometimes we, you know, we, we take that love thing and we take it into a level or into a zone where it's not supposed to be. You know, based on what we're going through, based on how we feel, based on, you know, what we want, based on our tolerance level, you know, based on our fear. You know, what submission is. So, I mean, I tell you, you know, look for our uh, YouTube channel, A Closer Walk Christian Culture, to start posting some of the segments from that Breaking Your Conference 
Yeah. I mean, you, you just don't want to miss it. I'll let you know when it's out there. It should be coming like any day now, okay? Okay. Well, we had uh, a little mini, 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 mini twist with John last week. And, um, you know, uh, I'll let her tell you what it was. Because she's going to give us a full tip today, okay? All right. And that's how we spend our Monday morning. Well, Tuesday. Let's talk about it. Tuesday, church folk day. Rolled around a little time. Babe. Let's talk about it Tuesday in like seven or eight weeks. Because we had our... Um, um, my Tuesday session, Last week, it was, I mean, a good conversation with our Pastor Tim, our Pastor Tim and Shanti. And we talked about, you know, the women being desperate in the church. Yeah, you know, we, we always talk about the women in the world and, and how they handle, you know, desperation, you know, when they're looking for somebody or you know, they've been rejected or, you know, they just don't have that love that, you know, they, uh, they're looking for. And, man, everybody handles it in a different manner. And I tell you, men, men, men are talking about the ladies. Yeah, because they can't do what they do unless we reposition ourselves. You know, Pastor just said thanks to you know, where the women were when he was nice, young, and single. That was his former life 20, 21 years ago. You know, he said he was able to run through the church. Well, I have to tell you, a whole lot of men are able to say the same thing because of where we are as women. You know, if we don't position ourselves to be the women of God that he needs us to be, you know, we only help people fuel their behavior. Yeah, you know, if, if they got ready to run through the church as, as uh, the term is, and we put our foot down and we made sure that we were women of God, then I got to tell you, it would not, you know, it wouldn't happen. It couldn't happen. You know, it couldn't happen without us, you know? So, come on, ladies. You know, uh, uh, the panelists gave a phenomenal level of alternative to being desperate. All right? All right. Well, wow. Wednesday rolls around and we had our girlfriend, Ben, give us our socially conscious segment. And the ladies took up the time talking about that thing. As we talked about, you know, the asylum speakers. Uh, yeah, it, it, we have officially run out of room. I mean, we ran out of room a whole long, a long time ago here in New York. But, I mean, it really showed as they were in cardboard boxes in front of the Roosevelt Theater Hotel. Yeah, you know, they opened up the old Roosevelt Hotel to house our migrants and, and our asylum seekers. And, you know, there was a line, and they have officially said they're not even feeding them properly. No, 
one pregnant woman said that, you know, she did get food, but it was frozen. You know, how do you manage to do that? I don't know. I don't know. Well, we also talked about the uh, increase in the mental health area and the EMT workers are really taking a hit as, you know, we've had 121 assaults on our EMS workers since the beginning of the year. Yeah. And uh, that's not a good thing because if they're being assaulted, they're going to stop doing what they do or they're going to be too busy concerned with, you know, um, their health and their safety that they're going to uh, begin to pull back. And we definitely don't need that. No, we definitely don't need that. You know, we really have to rely on our EMS workers and they're trying to get some, you know, things in place to help them, such as putting two workers on the back of the bus, yes, so one can focus on the care of, you know, the the sick person, and the other one can watch out, you know, for the workers back, you know. Uh, What about that police escort on a consistent basis, you know, to make sure that there's no, you know, issues, or if there are, you know, they can get to their destination safely, safely and possibly patting down the uh, person that they're servicing. Now, we know good well that we don't really um, need to take time like that. Now, there may be a necessity to do it, but if you're ill and they need to take minutes to make sure that they're safe and you don't have any weapons or anything on you. Those are precious moments that are passing by, those seconds that matter that they need to be getting you to a hospital. So, you know, again, another reason to test. You know, we really got to look out for those who look out for us. Okay? Okay. Well, did roll around and oh my, oh my, oh my. We really had fun, as we always do, with our rip from the headline. And we talked about that 7-Eleven thief who thought he was just going to roll up in there, take his little goodies, and roll on out. Well, they gave him a beating that I'm sure he will never, ever forget. But as he was beaten down and they were chasing him up out of the store, they were merciful enough to not call the cops on him. But then he had the nerve to ask for a bottle of soda on his way out. Yeah. Look at my rip from the headline. Wow, wow, wow. Well, what about the wife who told her husband, Listen, I don't care whether it's 87, 88 plus degrees in here and it's sticky and we don't have any air conditioner. Put your shirt on. Yes. There's a wife who, you know, is actually complaining 
about her husband who's walking around with shorts on the bottom, but it's hot. So she does not have a T-shirt or a white beater on at the top, you know, in the quest for, you know, keeping cool. And she said, oh, no, no, no. We're not having it. Either you're going to learn to put some clothes on or either you might want to find another place to live. Wow. Wow. So the g time crew says, you know what? She simply ain't feeling him no more. No more and no more. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, this is real stuff. Rip from the headlines. Rip from the headlines. Well, Freestyle Friday rolls around. And we had our men in the house. And we talked about ways to cope with disappointment. Now, you know, that's something that we're all going to experience. I don't care what shape, form, or fashion you are in, how old, what race, creed, or color you are. You're going to deal with some level of disappointment. And, you know, disappointment is not the end of the world, but it's how you handle it. And our men did a fantastic job with helping us. You don't deal with it. Come on. And just your expectations. You know, most times, it's what we expect from a person that helps to fuel our, you know, our expectations and our disappointment when they don't stand up to it. Yeah. So, you know, adjust your expectations, and I promise you that disappointment will be easier to deal with. And, you know, look at your physical health. That's how you deal with disappointment, yeah, because that stress is a silent killer, yeah. And, you know, as Brother Al said, you know, when you hold on to that feeling and internalize, you know, those feelings and, you know, how you're dealing with it, you know, you may end up in the hospital. So we want to make sure that we do not, you know, handle Disappointment in the wrong manner, okay? All right. Wow. That's how we spent our week last week here on the free time with Pastor Seth. And already, 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 God has brought us through a weekend. And we are shaking the Monday morning blues all over again. And here in New York, it is pouring rain. So we definitely need to shake off. That bleedy feeling. I happen to love the rain. I happen to love the rain. But we're going to get our morning started, and that's how we're going to take that Monday morning blues. And we're going to go get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's due time. It has to step in on. And whatever you do, whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back. Hello. My name is Captain Boone with Metro Police. And my message to you today is, in a split-second effort to try to beat a train at a grade crossing, using the tracks as a shortcut or even just a recreational path can be a traumatic experience for all. Families, communities, railroad employees are all affected by these actions yearly. See tracks. Think train.
Good morning, good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Time with Pastor Steph. And we are shaking the Monday morning blues. Oh, yes, we are. And we're so grateful to God that he has so graciously brought us safely through another weekend. And here we are together once again. Yeah. So how was your weekend? I'm glad to see that you're all safe and sound and we're doing well and, you know, we're going to uh, get our morning started. So let's see what we're going to talk about today. I got something a little different. Normally we do our little health tips, but I came across an article last night that I thought you might find a little, a little interesting, and it's ways we waste money on a daily basis. And I thought you might, you know, be uh, interested in this so you can stop wasting your pennies. Okay? All right. Well, ways we waste money. Well, they say we waste money by buying single-use items. And what would that be? Paper towels, bottled water, self Feeling bags, you know those zip-up bags, and they're saying that on a regular, by doing this, we are wasting money. So they have a few suggestions. So they said rather than buy paper towels, start using hand towels. Now we actually started doing this in my house. And, yes, it does things on the paper towels. And after a while, the the hand towels started just disappearing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's like disappearing talk. It's like what happened in a house full of grown people. You know, it's amazing. Amazing, amazing. But I have to tell you, you know, you can't stop using paper towels altogether. Because using hand towels, um, you know, is a definite way of slowing down, the, you know, wasting your money. But at least you'll use a lot less paper towels. Yes, yes. And they're reusable. You just rewash. You need to wash them. Okay. Bottled water, they say, just use, you know, your reusable water bottle. And, you know, that's good, except for when you need another bottle after you've emptied that bottle. So, you know, you just got to use the gallons of water in your refrigerator and, you know, just keep refilling. So that does save money. I got to tell you, I've gone from, you know, uh, your girl Vivian buying me, I mean, tons and tons and tons of cases of water to now asking her to buy me bottles, uh, gallons, and it has slowed down on the penny. I have to tell you, I have to tell you. And instead of using those Ziploc bags, they say get plastic containers with lids that you can wash over and over again. Now, 
if you are like Pastor Steph, running water is expensive. I don't know what happens here where we are, but they, you know, they do charge us an extra source tax along with our water usage. And for me, I'd sooner spend the $5 to buy the good Walmart Ziploc bags and just throw them in the garbage. And, and in actuality, we reuse those. Yeah, we put like our chips, we put those, those chip bags, we kind of roll them up, stick them in there. And when you have another bag of chips, you just open up the Ziploc bag and stick it up in there. So there's no water usage, all right? But for things that need to go in the refrigerator, for us, it's still a little easier to spend the $5. So you really got to work that out. But I have to tell you, it is definitely, you know, money spent. So get those plastic containers. And if your water bill isn't out, you know, outlandish, then, then you know, get those plastic containers, okay? All right. Well, how else are we wasting money? They say using store brands. Store brands. Store brand, store brand. Now, you know, I have to say, uh, I am a store brand girl. I just got finished telling you I use the great value Ziploc bags. They are excellent. I do not have to use Ziploc bags, Ziploc bags. But, you know, I'm not a I'm not a store brand person. You know, I know people who will not budge, you know, unless it's, um, a store brand, but I have to honestly tell you that they have told us from decades ago that you're only really paying for the packaging. So what they're suggesting is buy, you know, what we used to call no frills. You know, yeah. It's the same thing. By the time you, um, you know, doll up your food, you know, people say you got to use Hellman's. But they love macaroni salad that Pastor Steph makes, and I ain't necessarily using helmets at $8 a jar. So, you know, it's based on what you're using. You know, they're talking about um, trash bags and things like that. And I got to tell you, trash bags, you got to consider that one. You know, you, you, if you want your garbage all over the place, then go ahead and use any old garbage bag. But, you know, if you want to save your pennies, you know, that might not be a way to go in garbage bags. So you really got to pick your battles on this one. Are you going to buy, you know, a cheaper Ziploc bag that works in order to keep those pennies in the Glad trash bags? I have to tell you, I have gone from Glad to Hefty, and it's about a $2 difference. Yes, $2 makes a difference to pass the step. $2 difference. And I have to tell you, they also, Glad comes, we used to buy Glad, and Glad comes with the fragrance on the inside. Ooh, they smell good, and your garbage does not stink. Well, I found Hefty, and it has the same effect. It really does. It's a really good trade-off for those extra $2. I can put it someplace else. Okay? All righty. Well, they say we waste money on a daily basis by buying lunch in the street every day. Now, I have to tell you, if you have not learned this trick of buying your food in the supermarket and just spending an extra hour on Sunday, 
preparing for Monday and Tuesday and cook your food and buy it, you know, from the supermarket, cook it and take it to work instead of spending lunch. You know, I remember years ago, and this is years ago because I haven't worked in years, but man, buying lunch is expensive. And I remember people like quoting how much they spend in street food. And considering that it's not that healthy for you, number one, because if you go to the salad bar, you're going to spend money, you know, to eat healthy. So you do better just making your own salad, buying your own salad dressing, if you're going to do the healthy thing. Or if not, just cook your, you know, your other food, pack it up in those plastic containers that we were just talking about a minute ago, and wash it out at work. That way you're spending money at home. <laughs> See, that's just got an answer. But I'm sure by now you have figured out that you can save a whole lot of dollars by cooking at home. And just taking it, you know, they got those little, um, what do you call those things, those bags that you can, you know, use over and over again. And before you know it, you got your lunch and a couple of dollars in your pocket. Okay, what else? Ah, coffee. They're saying, hey, if you are buying coffee every day, they say it can total up to $1,200 a year. Who's got $1,200 a year on coffee? Listen, go to the supermarket, buy those individual packets of coffee, and make it like that. You can get those boxes for a dollar. Yep, if you go to Walmart and some other stores, you know, sometimes the general supermarkets have them on sale. But think about it. Even if you're spending like a dollar fifty on the box, that's still cheaper than buying a couple, a whole cup of coffee that's going to cost you three, four dollars. And God forbid you're buying coffee from Starbucks. Woo! Yeah, that's got it. $1,200 a year on coffee alone. Man, if that ain't your full meal, you're spending a whole lot of money. I would hate to know if you're buying food uh, in the street, if coffee costs $1,200 a year. Ah, what else are they talking about? They say we can save money by not overbuying our produce. Well, I got to tell you, this one here, I waste so much money on this year because if you don't buy them Ziploc bags now I'm, I'm very serious here if you're buying produce at a you know because they're on, it's on sale but you're not eating it as quickly you gotta figure out a way if you can freeze it or put it in one of those Ziploc bags because I'm telling you if you leave it in the produce bag it's going to it's, it's going to go bad quickly so they're saying stop overbuying the produce because it is perishable and it does go bad quickly and you have to throw it out. And that, 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 that's serious, serious, serious talk right there. Well, they're also saying make sure you use your coupons 
You're wasting money by not using your coupon or your cash back app. All right? They say apps like Rakuten and other um, things like Checkout 51. Also, your credit card. Now, here's the thing. If you use your card that gives you cash back, what you want to do, and I used to do this with my Target card all the time, because, listen, that's 5% adds up. Buy it and just take the money that you would have spent and put it right back on the card. Yeah. So you can really save your pennies like that. Okay? All right. So use your cash back or coupons. And I tell, I tell you, they do have coupons still. They do. They do. Oh, I'm going to say something else that you can save a lot of money. Shop before you go to the supermarket. Yeah. We actually do that. We go to the supermarket to get specific items. We have two supermarkets in our vicinity, and we go to one supermarket for one set of food and one supermarket for the other set of food. And people say, I don't got no time for that. Well, I don't have time for wasting money. At least I know that supermarket A, they have cheese, three blocks for $5, opposed to the other one who has two blocks for $5. Where am I going? I'm going to get my $3, my three bars for $5. Right. All right. So make sure you shop in advance. Shop in advance. Just take a couple of minutes. Listen, you're sitting down doing nothing anyway. Just sit down, take a couple of minutes, go through the Internet, Get that uh, circular and see what they're buying. I mean, see what they're selling. All right? All right. Come on. We can do that. We can do that. We can do that. You're talking about saving money here. Being good stewards over God's money. Well, they say we also waste money by buying in bulk when we don't need to. Yeah. So think about it. And I've had to kind of shave back on that as well. Yeah. Now, on the opposite side, make sure you buy in bulk when you can. All righty? So you can really save a lot of money when you either buy in bulk when it's going to be more cost-effective or you're going to waste money when you buy in bulk and it's really not going to be beneficial to you. And I've had to make those decisions as well. Yeah. So think about it. You know, it's not so much if you have the money. You know, and that's, I think that's what a lot of us, how we waste money when we figure, oh, I got it. Well, you have it today. Who's to say tomorrow? All right? So you want to make sure you spend wisely. Be a good steward over God's money. All right, there's some other things. I guess journaling, I'll kind of go through those things and all. We'll figure it out. All right? All right. Hmm. What are we talking about in the news today? Well, here's an interesting story. There's a woman who's 87 years old, and she said she woke up one night at about 2 o'clock in the morning, and there was a man standing over her bed who did not have on any shirt or pants. And she said she thought to herself, I better start, you know, he has a knife in his hand, and I better start fighting back. 
And she's 87 years old. So somehow or another, she jumped in her shoes and got to kicking and fighting. And somehow she's got this chair in between her and the invader. And they get to, like, kind of, like, scuffling or something. Um, but he thank God he doesn't get to her. So she says he runs off to the kitchen and he complains that he's awfully hungry. So she says she gave him a box of peanut butter and honey crackers, two potion drinks, and two tangerines. He grabs up his uh, pants, he runs out, he leaves his knife, his shirt, his shoes, and a water bottle that was actually filled with alcohol. Yeah, he left that back to step forward and ran. So I guess he really was hungry. And they were able to later track him down. Yeah. But can you imagine you set out to rob somebody and end up Defeating you? Wow. That's something else. Because they would feed you all right. So, thank God for the 87 year old woman. Thank God for the 87 year old woman. What are we talking about? Well, we're talking about, again, we're in the summertime. Summertime has not finished yet. So, we're still doing those roller coasters and rides at the amusement parks and I'm first trying to figure out how can we afford the amusement park. Last I heard, it was, I mean, astronomical to get into some of these amusement parks. And can you imagine getting in there and getting on a ride, and now your life is in danger for out in Florida at some theme park, something put a six-year-old on this huge roller coaster. Now, they say that the name of the ride is the Galaxy Spin Ride at Fun Spot America near Kissimmee, Florida. And they say that the six-year-old actually uh, suffered some really bad injuries and you know I'm still trying to figure out why would you put a six year old on these rides now one of my thoughts you know that what I thought that came to my mind is maybe you and your child go to this park and you're by yourself and you want to ride and being that he or she can yeah, according to the ride specification, this six-year-old can ride. You decide, hey, we'll both get on the ride. That way I can ride and he can ride or she can ride. Well, no, that's not the smartest thing. Because now they have to shut the whole ride down. Because they're investigating what exactly went wrong. And my thing is, what went wrong? There was a six-year-old on a ride like this. 
you know, just because they say we can ride, does that mean we should ride? So now, thank God the child is not dead, you know, because we have definitely seen enough of that where there have been fatalities from riding on these um, roller coasters. So, you know, this little six-year-old, um, they said that they're going to make sure that, you know, it says children must be at least 48 inches to ride the roller coaster or 42 inches as long as they ride with an adult. What? Okay, so let's read this again. You can ride alone if you're at least 48 inches. But you can ride with an adult if you're 42 inches. If the ride is dangerous and the adult that you're riding with is holding on for their dear life, what difference does it make whether you're riding with an adult or not? Come on, people. We got to be smarter than this. Are we going to endanger our children they say that this particular ride has a single car that arranges um, four across the row. Uh, and uh, it has a total height of 42.7 feet. And its cars move across the track at about 29.1 miles per hour. They say the ride usually lasts about a minute and 30 seconds. And uh, that minute and 30 seconds can be a fatal minute and 30 seconds. Please be careful. Please stop. Stop putting your kids on these rides. Please. Use your head. Use your head. All right. What else are we talking about here today? Hmm. Now, here's an interesting, here's an interesting story. There is a Long Island castle owner, and he has a hotel that he says has 120 rooms. 115 rooms, and it's called the Quality Inn in Messina, and that's out again. Um, <laughs> he has a castle. Okay, so here. Okay, so let me get this correct. He has a castle in in a catering hall in Long Island, and he has a 115 room Quality Inn. Um, hotel near the Canadian border. That's how, okay, so I got a little mixed up. And he's been calling, they say, the Department of Homeless Services for quite some time. And he's been offering to let the migrants stay there, of course, for a penny. You know, he's he's like giving up his hotel, but he has a hotel. And what's happening is 
the hotels in this particular area of New York, they're not doing so well. Not really a place where people are frequenting. And it goes for about $120 per night. And they say that these hotel owners would provide a space for migrants that are paid by taxpayer funds and an agreed-upon rate. And they are not responding to him. And he can't figure out why because he's looking at the fact that they're saying that, hey, we're putting people on food more grounds and at the hotel, you know, the Roosevelt Hotel, and people are sleeping on the street. What seems to be the problem? So he says he has reached out to them several times, and no one has responded to him. So now that this has hit the paper, I wonder if this is going to now be on the radar of, you know, the other people who are supposed to be responding. Because you would think that since you're willing to pay for these people, you would let them stay at this particular hotel. And, you know, there have been other people upstate in New York who have not enjoyed the thought of these 100,000-plus asylum seekers entering their neck of the woods in their hotels. And, you know, they've kind of disagreed, and some of them have actually won the battle where they have not put the people in their hotel. But this one here can't seem to get any answer. <laughs> so they are showing his uh, pictures of his hotel, and they're saying, now listen, this weekend alone, they put um, up a tent and stuff like that in the McCarran Park in Brooklyn, and your shelter systems are busting at the scene. So what about the quality in? 115 rooms can hold a whole lot of people because they have two huge beds in the room. And I guess maybe some of them, you know, like a normal um, hotel, maybe some of them have double beds, some have uh, queen-size beds where you're not going to get two people a bed unless they're a couple. But um, they would probably use that, you know, like a men to share the room, you know, equally. So let's see. Let's see. Now they're saying that the Hotel Roosevelt, the Roosevelt Hotel in Midtown, 1,000 rooms. 1,000 rooms. And that is over the capacity. You know what? When you think about stuff like this, this is just outrageous. So they're going to need this 115 room because that ain't holding a candle to this other particular um, (laughs) 
this other quality in. But listen, the quality in can definitely help make a difference, don't you think? I would think so. Now, they're saying that in the Bronx, they had the New Hope Housing Corporation was awarded $4.1 million contract to run a migrant facility at the Hotel 95 Fordham. And that's, you know, near Third Avenue and St. Barnabas Hospital. That is the best method award. But, you know, listen, if you're going to award them $4.1 million to do what they need to do, then this other man doesn't need half that much. No, his place is, is good. His place is good. And uh, he just doesn't, he's not getting the business. So, let's see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. What else are we talking about before we go to our sparse VCOM crew today? I guess everybody's on vacation. Uh, let's see what we're talking about. I don't know. Mm. No, nah, that's not that's not a good one. Let's get one more, one more, one more. I got one more. Uh Okay, so downtown. This I thought this was a kind of cute story, and enough is enough story. So down in the East Village, at Twenty Saint Mark's Place, they have an abandoned uh, building there, and I don't know why it's abandoned. They don't say why, and they don't say how long. However. They say that it's been abandoned long enough for the lawyers to use it as a bathroom. Yes. They use it as a public restroom. So they go on the steps and they've been urinating on the people's property. So what they decided to do was they have some type of sensor that if you step on the... um. What do you call it, I think? On the steps, they have a loudspeaker that comes on that tells you to stop, move, get out of here, move on. Yeah. And it says it's so loud. Everybody on the block can hear it. And <laughs> they are so happy that these people have put this um, bullhorn there because they said, you know, not only that, but if you live on the block, it's now, what does that do to the block? Remember now, your property value goes down when everyone does not take care of their property, property equally. So, now you have this issue of the whole block beginning to smell. Not only that, once the, you know, once that becomes a public restroom, now you've got all types of rodents and cats and, you know, believe it or not, they're drawn to this. So, you actually have some people who have actually cussed out the bullhorn. F off and all this kind of stuff because they don't want 
to hear it. Well, what are you doing on the people's property? So, you know, and not only that, that means you're pulling out your stuff all in the public. Now, they say most of this does happen in the um, in the overnight, but they said they do have of traffic during the daytime. So that means you're actually using the bathroom openly, and it doesn't even matter to you that people are walking by. And so these people were tired today. They got their little bullhorn, and now they're saying it has been really effective, and they don't have the uh, that bathroom usage anymore. Yeah. But they do have people, again, who are actually there cussing them out. So I, I tell you, you know, people just don't care. They don't care about their neighbors. They don't care about themselves. They don't care about anything. And it's so disrespectful to do this to these people's property. And my thing is, why would that be a place that you would just go to the bathroom? I don't know. I don't know. You you can't you can't figure people out. I I tell you that much. You can't figure people out. Well, like I said, we have a very sparse day. Maybe there's some holiday I don't know anything about. But we're gonna continue to pray for our pastor Charlene as she recovers from you know her uh, procedure, and we're gonna keep her lifted before the Lord because we definitely want her back soon. And we hope that she is healed well. All right? In the interim, we've got our girl Shantice here. So let's say good morning to Shantice. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? That's good. I'm well, thank you. I'm well, I'm well, I'm well. We started off today talking about some areas where we waste money um, and how they're suggesting that we um, we save money in those areas. Uh, did any of those things ring a bell or can you think of another area where we waste money? Well, from what you mentioned, that rung a bell was the paper towels. Um, you definitely taught me how to make them stretch. The, the paper towels versus the the hand towels. Um, you definitely learn like when you wash your hands and use the hand towel. After a while, you have to change them, and after a short while, you're supposed to change them because even though your hands are clean, when you go to dry them on the hand towel, that's still like bacteria that starts to build up on the hand towels. So the paper towels is actually the best bet when you're talking about um, being clean. But if you learn how to make the paper towels stretch, then you wouldn't be spending as much money on the paper towels, even if you're using them to dry your hands every time you wash your hands. All righty, all righty, all righty. Is there a way that you could think about how you waste the money um, you know, we're talking about being a good steward over God's money. 
And can you think of a way you're wasting money and you had to like, wow, I could save money by doing something else. Well, I saved a lot of money by fixing the sober. But it was talking about, um, I did a whole lot of money, especially now in the summertime. Um, But besides the paper towels, because I did see that as like a wow moment for me, um, with my hair. I'd say with my hair. I remember when we first started It's Due Time with Pastor Steph, it was during the beginning of the pandemic, and we were mentioning different things that we could do to save money and to um, start, like, better hobbies and habits. And one of the things was, like, learning how to do your own hair and learning how to do your own hair and learning how to make... um, Oh, you're talking about hair. What is it, Pastor? Like moisturizers for your scalp, like homemade moisturizers. Oh, that has helped to save a lot yeah. of money. Yes, that has helped to save a lot of money. Even though buying like the wash shea butter and stuff is a little pricey, but because that stretches a lot, you save a whole lot more money with buying that than if you were to go and buy a lot of these store-bought like um, greases for your scalp and stuff like that. That helps to save a lot of money. All right, all right, all right. Let's talk to Pastor Kale. Now, he's a man, so I know he has, so, and as a new homeowner, I know he has thought of some uh, ways he can save money. Good morning, Pastor Kale. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you? I am well, thanks. How are you over there? Well, in the words of Pastor Charlotte, I'm Okay. We're glad to hear that you're okay. Oh my goodness gracious! This morning we're talking about ways to save money, and some things that came up on the list was um, paper towels versus hand towels, Ziploc bags versus uh, plastic containers, um, how we shop, name brands opposed to what we used to call no frills. Um, you know, you're a brand-new homeowner, you know, and when you buy a brand-new house, you know, I'm sure there are ways you have come across that you could save a couple of pennies. And uh, what have you found? Well, I found that if you invest in candles, you won't have to turn the lights on and just save power that way. <laughs> <laughs> you get a lot of pretty candles now, you know. But but one one of my biggest things is that um, I like to eat, and I like to eat well. And sometimes after working all these hours, you don't really want to go home and cook yourself. Always right. at a restaurant or at somewhere else, you know, picking up snacks and stuff like that. But I learned that you know Sundays are usually my day off, so I cook Sunday for the week. You know, I make a couple of yeah. meals for the week, and then I can just eat as I come home. Because, listen, even making a McDonald's run can, close, can, can cost you close up to $20. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was on the list, actually. They talked about how people buy lunch out every day. Right. And, you know, I, I think about how, like you said, you take a Sunday 
or whatever your day off is, and you just cook, you know, and it's a whole lot cheaper, like you said. Oh, yeah. Listen, you talk about going to McDonald's. If you go to the corner store, you spend Mm -hmm. money. Oh, my goodness. I went to get my famous Mentos, and the guy gave me back, like, I was like, it's a dollar fifty. Oh my, this is this is, this is an expensive habit. Oh my goodness gracious! Wow. Well, as as a as a homeowner, you know, a brand new home, you got brand new expenses. You know, you want to furnish your home and all of this kind of stuff. Where else have you found shaving um, from certain areas have become beneficial to you? Um, well, I mean, we, we, we laugh a lot about the candles, but seriously, every time you flick on and off lights, you know, every time yep. you go in and out your refrigerator, you know, people don't realize that. People don't realize that it, it, it's better if you turn on your lights just to keep them on until yep. you're ready to go to sleep. When you turn them on and off and on and off, you, you, you're, killing, you're killing your bill. You know, so I've, I've learned different yeah. stuff like that. I've learned that. You know, when I'm ready to go in the shower, then I turn the water on. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. We turn the water on. Oh, let it get a little warm. And you go and find yourself doing something else. And by that time, you get on the phone, you forget the shower running. You know, so I got, I got a bill the other day. This is just, as Al would say, just a short story. I got a bill the other day. My water bill was $18. I almost shouted. I ain't never in my life seen a water bill for wow. $18. I am so mad at you. You know, for those who are listening, you know how to reach us. Uh, Tell us ways that you have found that you can save money. And you didn't think it may have made a difference back then, but now you're getting that $18 water bill. I have to tell you, if I could get an $18 water bill, and here I'd shout. I'd take the plane <laughs> all the way to your house to shout, okay, because mm-hmm. it would be cheaper than some of the water bills that come through here. So, right. Right. yeah, you know, a little little ways, little ways we can, you know, use to be good stewards over God's money. You know, we finally waste a lot of money doing some silly things, and if we were to just take a little time in uh, you know, doing just that one extra step. You know, listen, they have said from Con Edison, which is our, our local uh, electricity carrier, they say that not only that, but unplugging unused things, they say even though it's Especially not your on, computer. they say, yes, they say it saves money. So, you know, if you've got a surge protector going and it, you know, and it doesn't carry, you know, um, things that you need, then turn off the surge protector. But they say leaving lamps and your chargers and all kinds of things, they say that stuff is running. They say even Mm -hmm. though it's not on, they are still charging you to keep it plugged up because you remember it's still live. So then try right. unplugging and, and see where your 
your bills go. So I would love for someone to just reach out to me next month, God says, and let me know. Past the step, I see the difference in my bill. Just unplug yourself. I know it's a lot convenient, you know, especially for me, someone who has to bend down and things like that. It's not easy for me to bend. But listen, I'd rather bend down and save a dollar, Pastor KL and Shanti. That's right. And it makes, it makes a difference. It makes a difference. All righty. So we're I'm unplugging about, everything when I get home. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> I am, we unplug everything here. We really do because it really makes a difference. And we see the difference, especially now that you're running air conditioners and fans and things like that, stuff that you have to run. Unplug everything right. else. Unplug it. So you have the story of this 87-year-old woman who wakes up to an attacker standing over her. She decides that being a he not on those shirt and pants, she might be able to fight him off. She does. She does keep him off of her. He chases her around, but somehow or another she keeps a chair in between the two of them. He runs to the kitchen, and he complains that he's awfully hungry. So she puts together... <laughs> She gives him a, a, a box of peanut butter and honey crackers, two protein drinks, and two tangerines. Now, if that ain't the woman of God, because I'll tell you, would you be feeding somebody who's trying to rob you, Shanti? Not unless it was a way to divert their attention so I could stab them or knock him over the head or something. I, I don't see how we go from fighting to feeding. I was I'm trying to <laughs> replay replay the scenario in my head as you were going over it quickly again. And I'm like, I open my eyes and you're standing over me naked. That alone says kill you. Then I have to fight you off from putting your hands on me. That says kill you. And you run to my kitchen and talk about you hungry. Yeah, while you were sitting there eating, that would have been my time to either run while I'm calling the cops or knock you over the head or something. I, I, did she sit and eat with him? I, I don't, I'm trying to play the scenario in my head. That, that sounds crazy. Well, he actually ended off running. Um, leaving behind the knife, his shoes, his um, shirt, and a water bottle that had alcohol in it. And I guess from all of those things, they were able to trace um, who he was, track who he was. Uh, Pastor he all the he, Yeah, he left everything. He was he, That man, he really was hungry because he didn't care nothing about his stuff. He left with all the food. Pastor Kale, do you see yourself feeding the robber? Uh, no, 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 no. I, I can't say that I'd be hospitable. I really, really can't say that. Um, that 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 probably wouldn't work out too well. You know, he 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 would be eating his own knife. But um, yeah, I wouldn't be, you know, <laughs> making tea and crumpets. No, I wouldn't be doing that. Yeah, that that takes a lot. That takes a lot. That takes a lot. You know, we, we oh, this is a Christian broadcast, and we always talk about, 
you know, doing that Christian thing. And, you know, the moment somebody said they were hungry, like Shantito, you said, you know, that's the time to fight back. Ain't nobody thinking about feeding you. Because here's my theory. If you were hungry, instead of standing over me in my bed, you should have been in my refrigerator or my cabinet. That, to right. me, indicates hunger. What you standing over me for? With a knife? Nah. Unless you stand over looking, you ready to cut my arm off and eat me. That's something different. But mm-hmm. surely, well, he, was, he couldn't find a mayonnaise. What, I was just thinking was. that. He he went there to ask her with the peanut butter. <laughs> I was just thinking that. But a smart woman, a smart 87-year-old woman, well, I don't know what peanut butter and honey crackers are, but I guess that was good enough for him that he left out the house. And, uh, again, you know, he's now charged with burglary, breaking and entering, all these other kind of charges. Because um, he left all his stuff behind, and they were able to figure out who he was. But I got to tell you, you know, this, this is this is a godly thing to do because ain't no way in the world the average person is thinking that way. No way in the world. You would sooner starve, or or like you said, eat a knife, a bottle over your head, or something. That ain't that ain't something people would be doing. That's for definite sure. Oh, Wait, so goodness. Pastor, Seth, well, does that mean that I'm not a Christian since I didn't think to do that? Are you going to well, I mean, I, I, I can't say you're not a Christian, and it's not for me to say. But, you know, again, it makes you think. It makes you wonder, you know, does God give you an opportunity? And, and that's the thing that kind of crossed my mind. You know, does God give you an opportunity to be godly? And are there other times? where God gives us an opportunity to, you know, be loving, even when our lives are threatened. And I have to say, you know, the average person, we won't think like that. You know, you got somebody not just standing in your home. You are 87 years old. And this is definitely Mm -hmm. someone who is a threat to you. You wake up with him, and not only is he in your home, but he's standing there undressed, and we do know people, you know, these nasty males will rape elderly women, and he's standing mm-hmm. over you with a knife. So there's really no, no thought as to your safety. You know, you, you think about this is, this is the first priority, not feeding you. And when he went to the kitchen and said, I'm awfully hungry, I can only imagine the words that would have come out of our mouth. You know, when, oh, are you hungry? Oh, I, I'm, I'm going to give you something to eat, you know, and that's mild in comparison to mm-hmm. what some of us would have. So I would say it's not godly. That, that That's not up to me to say, but I do believe that God does give you an opportunity to be godly at some, some of our most inopportune moments. I don't know. You know, do you think about sometimes that God allows you to be godly even when you wouldn't think to be godly, Shanti? Yes, it happened last night. It happened last night. Oh, where wow. There, there, was, <laughs> where there was every 
every justified reason for me to go straight project and and my reaction would have helped to stimulate everyone else's reaction but because I chose to calm down like take a breather and handle it another way it helped to kind of calm everyone else down so again even when you feel justified, and that's kind of what you just said here, had she stabbed him in the forehead, she'd have been justified. But for whatever reason, she chose to take a more humble, a more peaceful, a more godly route. So, yeah. Yeah, and and, and of course, these situations were, were a little different. You know, no one was standing in my house making good life. But it was still justified nonetheless that had had the cops been called, they would have had to speak to both sides because it wouldn't have just been one side was just completely wrong and they didn't see how. But you do have, I guess God does give you that second to move and really consider, especially because some thoughts were going through my mind. I was like, Jesus, I know you're on point because, you know, you, you could have let me just think whatever and then react, but you let me think. And then you spoke to me, and you <laughs> you let me feel and hear you, which gave me a second to reroute the thought. So yes. Alrighty. Um, okay, so we end up walking right into this today. Uh, Pastor KL, well, has there been a time where, you know, you could have done? It was justified, quote unquote, to do what you would have done. But or you did do, but there was an opportunity for God to use you in a greater way. Well, you know, I I, I think personally that that we as men and women of God we, we're tried every day. You know, because the Bible says every time I try to do good, evil is always present. So we're tried every day. Every day there's going to be a scenario which which bothers us for some reason. And we could, you know, with, with, with this 85-year-old woman, she either had to be extremely terrified or, or extreme saint. You know, there, there, there was no middle ground in that. I mean, for, for you to think that way of, I'm going to have communion with this brother after he's standing over me, you know, either I'm scared and I want to get him out of my house or, or I, I just feel bad for him. You know, being working in retail, I go through this every day. People, people get up. And they make their living stealing. And I catch them. Now I can catch them and throw them out my store or really, you know, call the police. Or I can witness to them. The witness, I, I just want to be honest, sometimes is the furthest from my mind. Because the people have the audacity to do the things that they do. And, yes, should we witness? Should we tell them there's a better way? Yeah, yeah I guess we should. But you know they know there's a better way. Don't nobody go to school for stealing. You don't get no degree in stealing. <laughs> <laughs> you know there's a better way. So, yeah, I, yeah, I understand. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's a, it's, <sighs> you know, I, I even look at the verse that says, you know, there is no temptation that is uncommon to man, but that God will always give you a way out. Even in that, you know, we, we when we read that scripture, the first thing we think about is a general temptation. So, in other words, let's take the stealing thing. You know, I, I'm hungry, 
And I would be tempted to, you know, steal that candy bar, steal that, you know, item so I can have something to eat. But God always gives you a way out. Can you actually go, you know, the the man, you know, and ask him, listen, I'm, I'm hungry. I know you're not responsible for me being hungry or not, but can you can can you give me something to eat? I'm really hungry. And that's your way out. You have an option of, you know, going the death route or going the route of asking someone. Well, it's kind of like the same thing. We just don't think about it like that. We don't think about the fact that is it more tempting to hit him in the head with a bottle or stab him or, you know, say, listen, go ahead. I'm going to give you a chance to get out this house. Because you don't want me to get that knife, or you don't want me to use this knife. You know, I, I'm, I'm just using it as a, as a crazy scenario. But again, here's a woman who had an opportunity to, you know, flee, try to get away, or whatever, or you know, run out the house. And he went in the kitchen, talking about he was hungry. Because my thing is, this is a fine time for you to talk about hunger when you couldn't get at me. Because she said there was a chair yeah. that she kept. Another, she was able to maneuver and keep the chair between the two of them. So he couldn't really get to her. Well, first of all, didn't you really know it wasn't for him to get at her? She's 87 years old. You young and vibrant. There's no way a, a chair is really going to be, you know, the obstacle between the two of you. So God really didn't want him at her physically. You know, that was her ability and her time to actually do the greater thing and see him opposed to you running herself or maybe calling the cops or whatever. Because he ended up getting caught anyway. So he, he went to he went to jail and he wasn't as hungry. <laughs> you know, so I don't know, you know, God does offer us, you know, a way out. And like you said, Pastor K L if you look at the scripture that says, you know, every time I try to do good, evil always presents itself. So, yeah, that that also goes to show us that, you know, sometimes we don't think, you know, we, we just react, we, we respond. And, again, you know, nobody's necessarily beating you up for it because a lot of times, you know, your safety, you're, you're in danger. And nobody think about feeding you. But, again, there was something that God really wanted, and there you go. And there you go. So I hope that answers your question, Shanti. I hope that answers your question. You know, funny that we should stumble upon that because our our conversation today is, you know, well, how do you want to ask this Hold on. Because that, that, that yeah. gives illumination and light to a whole other scripture, that if you love me, feed my sheep. I, I, I don't know... <laughs> That, that that I I would see that right there, you know what I mean? <laughs> but 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 that's what he says. If you love me, feed my sheep. No, I I don't understand why why you would have to get totally naked to eat though. You, you know what I mean? That right. I, I, I it, it's just a lot of stuff that and, and and I think because of those other things, you know, you you can't see the passion because all you right. see is the threat. You know right, what I mean? right, right. I agree. I agree, and that's what I was saying. You know, you can't. Nobody can really beat you up for your first response. 
Because right now, this is an 87-year-old woman. I'm wait, Listen, I'm 56, and I, if I wake up and somebody's standing over me, what, what, what's going to happen to you, you know? As a man who's someone standing over you, you know, you know, you're sleeping. You're just coming up out your sleep. You're rubbing your eyes, and you see somebody standing over you. I don't you. want the people no living with walk. me standing over me. Right. <laughs> right. So, mm. you know, it, it, it does not. You know, again, nobody's beating you up. But your initial thought and your initial uh, uh, response of, you know, thinking about your safety and protecting yourself. And like I said, even when he ran to the kitchen, how many people would have thought, you know what, you can have all the food in my refrigerator. I'm gone. I'm gone. I don't care what you eat. I don't care if you can sit down and you can cook a gourmet meal. Just know that I'm out of here and the police are coming back to get you. So, I, but I'm not going to stand there. I cannot imagine myself standing there making you a plate of food. I'm awfully hungry. Oh, you know, we got some leftovers. I got some fried chicken. Some pasta salad. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I baked bread for the first time last night. I want to try it. Didn't everybody think about that? You know what I'm saying? You, said hey. you can't blame a person for thinking that way. I got a question, though. I got one question. Did, did Kenny cook the chicken? I might have to stay. Oh, but no. That is just cut alone. You ain't. Again, Kenny's chicken done started custody battles up in this house. <laughs> with the people we know. So, Strange hey, is definitely so getting in on that. Now I'm understanding why I'm over you with a knife. I heard Katie was there last oh, night. My. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's, it's, it's just, it's, it, there's, boy, I tell you, when you think about life in this Christian walk, you know, it's like, wow. Because when you really think about what God would want you to do. And I think that's what this really is about. Is is what would God really want me to do in this situation? And and it's what you you know, like the description that you gave, Shanti, you know, it's almost like when someone speaks to you. You know, okay, and, I, and I'm gonna bring I'm gonna throw this out. I'm gonna throw this out here today because we're just chatting. So I've been I've been this has been God's been dealing with me for a while on this one where someone has done something to me, but I'm not allowed to tell anybody else about it because if I do, that fuels other people Mm -hmm. to treat them a certain way and to think about them in a certain manner, and God does not want that on my hand. Uh, and very easy. What'd you say? Ephesians four twenty nine. That's my mystery verse. What's the what, what's the yeah. verse? Ephesians four twenty nine. Let let no corrupt words proceed out of your mouth, for it is good for edification. That's for edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Yeah, and you, I have to. I've had to really learn to keep my mouth closed, and I was never one to really talk. So I don't mean it like that, you know. Like, oh my gosh, I got to tell. I was never that type of person. Like, I can't wait to tell, um, type of person. But I realized how God is using me 
to do the right thing and it doesn't affect everybody else. And I guess when it and, and, and I guess that's also when I a lot of times when I'm talking about leadership, not only me as a Christian individual, but me as a leader, helping to set the tone and teach other people, the congregants, you don't always have to talk about something. You don't always so a lot of times I haven't said anything until everyone else has spoken about it. Or other I'm like, Oh, okay. Now that you cast out the badge, you know, now we can kind of talk about it a little more openly. But I have been forbidden to say anything about But you know what? On, 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 on with that, Pastor Steph, so many, so many folks have formed an opinion. So many folks have, have disliked you because someone else disliked yep. you. Never, don't know who you yep. are. Never really had a conversation with you. But because nope. of what they heard about you, you they, yeah. they've already formed yep. an opinion. Yeah, yeah. And and that's what God does not want happening via Stephanie. And I was like, wow. But he really, really, um, like, just started ringing that bell in my ear. And I'm like, wow. Even for a person, like I said, who doesn't really talk, but just, again, this is the way God can use you and how he can make a difference through you. So there's a lot of times God calls on us to do things, and it may seem to be the weirdest thing because I thought about the fact that if you do bad business with somebody, do you? Not, if somebody comes to you and someone says, yo, I know you did business with somebody, you know, how is it? How is it to I'm do it? And it's like, man, it's like, yo, do you say something or do you, you know, keep it to yourself? And I realize that at that point you really need to consult God. Not only if you should, but what you do reveal. Now, is that what happened to you, Shanti? Is that why that verse comes up like that? Yeah, because I had a, a, two people in particular. Because I'm not one to really, like, you know, talk. Because, you know, I don't need no children squad. A lot of times it's the whole church on one end and I'm on the other end. And I stand strong and firm in what I feel. Amen. I don't need nobody backing me up. But there were two people in particular that because of my anger and bitterness towards them, there were times I would just spew out how I felt. And I had to learn the hard way, especially when one of them, like, I can't talk about them because it was really setting the tone on their behalf with other people. So that has to become one of my memory resources. And I'll say it in the morning, and I realize I got to say it again in the afternoon, and I got to say it again throughout the day because I be wanting to say stuff. I be wanting to say stuff, and God is like, hush your mouth. Because, again, and this will get me in trouble a lot of times, even when it's understandable as to why you feel the way you feel. And a lot of times, you know, you do need to talk sometimes to, you know, get it out to feel a little better. But you are now helping to taint here. There goes this corruption again. You're helping to taint this person's image and reputation and not so they ain't jacked up. But what happens when God decides to sober them up and they decide to submit to God. Now these other people are still looking at them and treating them 
like the same trashy person they were acting like yesterday. Meanwhile, now they're starting a new walk or this walk all over again with God. But now you didn't just help to like set a whole string of bad memories, especially if you get real detailed with things that the person has said and or done. So that's why I have to really commit to not just reciting it, but really paying attention to it when I say it, because you will do that. You will help to now taint, even when you're right, it's not like you be lying. That's what I'm saying to God, like, God, I ain't lying. I ain't saying nothing about this person. I ain't truth. That ain't the point. The point is, you you don't want to be the one responsible for why so-and-so looks at this person crazy, because when they start changing up for the better, that's not how the other people are going to continue to look at them. Wow. Pastor K.L., have you had that happen to you and you had to rethink what you say or what you did? Yeah, because, you know, sometimes when, when we respond, we respond emotionally, you know, and when you respond emotionally, you just add more fuel to the fire. You know what I mean? It's almost like, how dare you not? You know, you don't even know me. Da, 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 da. You know what I mean? And it's almost like a bad relationship where your brother or sister is in a relationship and his or her spouse, uh, they're, they're into it. And now your sister tells you, now you want to go beat up the boy because of the things that I heard. You know, you don't hear the other well, side that my sister slaps you first. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so we, we respond out, out of emotion, and when we do that, we let the enemy get the best of us. And, and later on, people can't see you in a different light because your first impression is, is always your first impression. So a lot of times, even when you get saved, people can't see you saved. People can't, to, to this day, people can't see me as Pastor KL because of what they knew about me. So it's already hard, you know what I mean, to, to paint a better picture without them already knowing or having a picture hung up in their house. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Absolutely. A good point. We actually have a comment from the listeners today. Let's say good morning to our friend of the show, our sister Debbie. Good morning, Debbie. Good morning. How are you? I'm well, thank God. I am well. Good, good, good. So I'm, well, I'm driving and I'm listening to y'all and I'm just going through the archives of my mind and I'm like, it depends on the situation. For instance, okay, I have a, I had a tenant that owed me fifteen thousand dollars and left my house in a hot mess. If you came to me and say, oh, there's a tenant, so-and-so, what do you think? I'm going to have to tell you everything. I'm going to have to tell okay. you everything. I'm going to have to tell you that okay. uh, you, she needed to come to me, pay me my money, apologize, and then I'll give her a nice recommendation. Um, if I know that someone, if I know um a pastor or uh, somebody, some man that has some, you know, perverted sexual things going on, 
I'm going to have to tell him you keep him away from your child. So there, it just depends right. on the situation that, right. you know, if I dated a guy that beat me, I'm going to have to tell you, right. tell your daughter, don't right. date the guy. So it just depends right. on the situation. Um, yeah, for me, some things you don't have to because they're going to show themselves and some things are not detrimental, not detrimental, right. not detrimental. Detrimental at all. Um, there are people that have worked for me that have given a wonderful, wonderful recommendation to, and then there's some that I'm sorry, but you can't even fit, fix the doghouse for me um, because you owe me money. You did a bad job, you know. So every situation is different. There are times that you have to give people a chance. You have to give them a chance um, because if we, we if we weren't given a chance then where would we be in life? You know, you could have messed up one time speaking somewhere past the Stephanie, but now look at you on the radio. Right, right. Well, very good. <laughs> nice example. <laughs> no, but you're absolutely right. And and that's why I said, you know, um, from the beginning, that you really have to consult God as to what you say because, and how much you say. Because sometimes, like you said, there are things you, you cannot hold. I mean, it would be ungodly to hold that information. And sometimes, you know, people just can't wait to tell people what you didn't did. So, you know, because it's a a gossip thing for them. So you're absolutely right, Sister Debbie. We need to make sure that we do alert people to some detrimental things so that they're not harmed. Um, in the wake of these people, um, and then there are just times that you're going to have to just be quiet and just let God do what he needs to do um, across the board. So thank you so much for your two cents today. We appreciate your contribution to this conversation. You're welcome. Enjoy enjoy your day. Thank you. Oh, all right. You know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's so interesting because, like I said, when, when God started dealing with, with me, you know, I come from Human Resource Administration, and I remember when we had this huge issue at the job because there was an issue of reference. What do we do when someone who was a past employee uses us for a reference and they stole Yo, what how dumb are you to use this as a place for reference when you just stole here? And you know there was there was just a t- time where I just said, well, listen, you know, if 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 it's something where it's detrimental for the company to know, then we're obligated to tell. But because when I first got the job, one of the things that they did was they act, I had to have a, a conversation with the president. I couldn't even get the job because confidentiality was huge um, because of what I was being hired to do. And um, I came from confidentiality. So they they wanted to know, you know, if they could trust me. And thank God, you know, I didn't have those issues. I, I passed with flying colors when I spoke to the president. You know, um, I passed with flying colors. Um, so... I thought about, you know, that as well. You know, they, they would have, no, do not give her information because she'd be spreading all over the place. 
But I just, you know, I said, well, listen, here's what we can say. If if this person didn't get along with the manager or the supervisor and they ended up losing their job, just put something generic, you know, where you just say, hey, um, you know, um, this wasn't a good fit for the person. And but that just has no bearing on, you know, where they go futuristically. Some something to that effect, because you don't want to scar anyone when it was just a matter of chemistry between them and, you know, a, a coworker or them and a supervisor or manager. But there were certain things that we just could not not tell a potential employer, and because we would want to know. So, you know, just like um, our sister Debbie said, certain things, it would be ungodly if you kept. Let, let me put this out here for a little bit, and I'm, I'm going to bypass the, 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 um, the, what you call them today, Shanti, because um, I'm going to put this out here. One of the things, uh, you know what I'm saying, I can't think of it, switch this, switch this. One of the things that um, we talked about and, and I talk about in service is be careful of how you promise to keep secrets. The secrets you promise. What would you say for that, Pastor KL? I'm sorry. Can you can you say that one more time? Something that you be careful how be you do what? Of, yeah, be careful of the promises you 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 know you commit to keeping. Someone says, "Don't say anything." Yeah, I, I, I think that's I think that's very important. I I think above all, you know, you know you better than anybody else. You know, how many times have we promised God, if you just get me out of this beating, I'll do everything I need to do. If you get me out of this, I'll come back to church. If you get, and, and you know, even in your desperation, that you couldn't fulfill that. So, you know, people are trusting in what you have to say and, 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 and what you're promising them. And then you can't come through. So, so now you, you've killed your relationship with them, but you've also let them down because m- maybe it was a finance, and they was looking forward to you helping them out. Now they're in even more distraught than ever. So we have to be careful of the things that, that, that we promise to people because we don't know, you know how important or how detriment it is if you don't follow through. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm going to extend this question to to say, be careful of the promises you tell people you're going to keep. So Debbie goes to Shantice and she says, well, listen, you know, I'm going to tell you this, but you can't tell anybody. And now it's it's some detrimental piece of information that Debbie has given to Shantice. Do we make that commitment to keep that promise, Shantice? No, because I, if you start with, I'm going to tell you something, but don't say anything. I'm like, okay. And then they start, you know, talking. Because a lot of times people say that, and most of the time it's about somebody else's business. It, it's very, <laughs> very rarely is it there. It is. It's like, well, I'm going to tell you, this, don't say nothing. It's because someone asked them not to say Someone else told them their business, and they promised not to tell, but they can't hold it, so now they're coming to tell somebody else. So it's like, okay. And then they tell you, and it's like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so been poking me in the eye 19 times, and, 
you know, I, I don't know, this is escalating now. Now they're going to go to the other eye or like, and I'm like, okay, so I'm not supposed to let anyone know that they're about to kill you. And, you know, don't, don't say anything. No, I, I, I can't, I can't promise you that I'm going to hold that. In fact, how about I go with you while we go tell the cops or I'll go with you while we go tell, you know, so-and-so because now how, what kind of friend, regardless of what, what relationship we have, but if you trust me with this, then you must consider me some type of friend. What kind of friend would I be if I'm sitting here and I know you understand the position you put me in. Now either I got to go tell or now you just, giving me the okay to go smack them or do something to myself, and I'm not supposed to be doing that. I don't want to sit here holding this because now I'm holding this. Now this is detrimental to my peace and my freedom. No, we're we not, we not playing this game. We're going to go and we're going to tell. And a lot of times, you know, when people tell you stuff like that, it's they want people to do something, but they're afraid that it's not going to go right and it's going to come back to them. You know, so it's like, okay, I'm telling you this. I'm afraid to tell you, but I want something to be done. But God forbid it don't go right. Now I'm left with the problem. You know, you you can't you can't promise to keep something that is hazardous to someone's safety, someone's health. You know, you're and the other person. You know, they may get mad at you, but would you rather them be mad at you and they're alive or dead? And now you know that you help to keep this secret that had you spoke to them or, again, went with them to, you know, tell the person needed to tell or whatever, it could have helped to get them out of that situation, whatever the situation is. But, no, you, you can't promise to keep the secret of your girlfriend being beat or keep the secret of someone being raped or molested. Like, you can't keep secrets like that. It's just, no, that's hazardous now that everyone's health and safety. Okay, okay, Pastor Kale, what's your thought? Well, I, I'm in I'm in totally uh, agreement with Shantice. Um, however, you know when you speak of peace and freedom, you know it it's not only in the natural, but it's in the spiritual realm as well. Because now, what people don't understand is when you hold stuff like that, or when you uh, contribute to stuff like that, the blood is on your hands, and God charges you as well. So even though you didn't you, you yep. didn't do the crime because you know the crime, because you know of the crime and how it happened and you kept that mm-hmm. to yourself, then God charges you as well. So so mm-hmm. forget about the yep. peace in the world or the peace with your friends or the freedom with your friends. When you are bound by God, that's a whole different kind right. of bondage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. So so we have to look at it from, from that aspect. Yeah, you my friend and I love you. You know what I mean? But if you call me and you tell me you shot Johnny, listen, somebody got to know that I know that you shot Johnny. Because cause God <laughs> forbid Johnny die and the cops find out that I know. See, God already knows that I know. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So now you, right. got, you got the natural world coming after you and God releasing you. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. I agree with the both of you. We got another set of two cents from our girl, Debbie. Hey, Debbie, what would you like to say? Johnny's blood ain't going to be on my hands for sure. So if I find out about Johnny, I hear I'm going to have to 
I'm going to have to say something. But, again, just situational. Some things, it's not my story to tell. So although I hear it, and if no, I'm a mandate, I'm a practical nurse, I'm a mandated reporter, so if it comes to the health and welfare of a child, I have to say something, not not just, you know, by law, and also the Holy Spirit is going to tell me I have to do something to save that child. So, I mean, I, you yeah. know, as a pastor's wife, I'm told things. I don't say anything to my husband. So if Pastor Stephanie comes and say stuff, it'll be years later. They were like, you never told your husband that? I'm like, you didn't tell me to tell him. So if I don't need to repeat it, I'm not going to repeat it. But if it's my, right. if, if it's something that I know I can do to help, and then, and right now I'm actually struggling with something because I have to figure out how to help someone without them knowing where the source came from. But it's something, so something I'm praying, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to create a relationship. Like, so there, there you know, you, you have to have the Holy Spirit guide, um, guide you. And, um, but just remember right. some stories, you, I don't need to know that, what, what is it? If I have to go tell somebody that somebody had a child when they were 15 years old and nobody knows about it, I don't need to repeat that story. That's If you want to tell right. your story, that's not my story to tell. That's not something that I need right. to share that's right. going to help anyone or at, at that time. And hopefully if she gets married, she does tell her husband, but, you know, might not be my story to tell. But, however, if I hear that the child or Johnny got shot, I cannot have Johnny's blood on my hands, or I have to save a child. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I always laugh, and thank you, thank you, Debbie, for your comment. You know, I always laugh and say, I think one of the quickest ways to get people to tell is when they hear, don't tell, don't say nothing. I'm going to tell you something, uh-huh. don't say that. That's like caught blanche for them to go running and telling someone. And, again, you know, everything is not meant for you to tell. So if someone tells you, you really got to use your discretion as to whether you need to say something or not. But you cannot walk around, you know, holding, like, you know, like you all have said, something that's detrimental. You know, I've seen so many people hold some some guy is, is whipping on some girl and you're walking around Someone has told you that this is what's going on, and you have said nothing. And I'm saying to myself, God forbid the day something happens. And it doesn't even mean when she has to die. She could be defending herself, and he now ends up being the victim. Now, you've walked around holding this secret. Why? You have not help this situation at all. It, it, you are an, a mandated reporter. You cannot promise people you're going to hold secrets that are detrimental to someone's health or safety. However, learn to mind your business. And if someone mm-hmm. does confide it, you know, then know what to hold. Know when to, you know, just use your discretion and say, you know what, also said something to me because he or she really needed to just kind of get something, you know, off their chest. They needed to really just release this. And and that's the only time when you keep your mouth shut. Other than that, like, um, you know, like Pastor K.O. said, God is holding you responsible 
You are not going to walk around like Debbie said. Somebody, somebody's death or or issue is going to be on your hand because you don't know, you know, because you held this 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 piece of information. So, Pastor Steph, I tell That's, people, I I I speak to the people who used to live, you know, used to be about that life, that crime life. I tell people all the time, don't tell me nothing because I'm snitching. Don't say nothing <laughs> to me. I am not the one to confide in. If you need prayer for this, just tell me you need prayer. Be vague because I, I'm snitching because God forbid, like Pastor K.O. said, because we see it all the time. When they start rounding up the people that they saw you with or they know you talk to and they start asking questions, I'm not holding back nothing. Because I ain't going to jail for nothing, especially I ain't have nothing to do with this. I ain't benefiting no way from whatever you did. I'm, you, you better hope I don't know your social security number because I'm telling that too. I'm telling everything <laughs> because people get, I'm so serious, because people get so easily, like if y'all don't watch First 48, watch one episode of First 48 and watch how people who were just happen to be at the party or people who just happen to be on the block of, of where someone got shot or something. And now the detective is rounding everyone up and they're taking them in for, for questioning and they, you know, they're asking them questions and they're like, listen, I don't know nothing. And the detective may not believe them, but they figure, listen, I saw you with so-and-so or, so, or somebody told me that, that, or we pulled up so-and-so's phone workers and you were the last number or the second to last number. No, 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 no. I'm telling Ed, they were born in such and such hospital. That's all I know. A father left and then the such age. I'm telling everything. I don't want no part. I tell them all the time, if you happen to relapse and go back to a life of crime, just don't come around here no more. Don't tell me nothing. Don't show up at church. Don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. Go repent first to the cops and then come here because you see how easily, how easily you get sucked in because some people they'll indirectly tell you stuff there, there, there was a there was a girl i was working at joe's crab shack and we were standing by one of the computers they're called pos we were standing by one of the computers and she was standing behind me i happened to turn around and i saw this black box and i was just like i know that's not what i think it is it's like oh no just stay here real quick i move so fast i said no no because if this camera picks up now i was standing here first you came behind me and pulled this black box out. For those who don't know, black box is a box that they use to swipe your credit card to get your credit card numbers so they can scam. All they need to do is pull this camera up, and it looks like I'm covering you. I said, get away from me, because I'm telling I, I, If they ask me, I can't tell you I'm not going to tell. Because I've watched. I went to another restaurant and watched the feds come in and eat dinner with the general manager finish their dinner, and then lock five people up for scamming. No. Mm-mm. I'm telling you. So I tell people, oh, I don't want no parts. Make sure you let people know not to confide in you with certain things because they ain't confiding in you because they want you to go to the cops and tell them that they committed whatever crime. No, mm-mm. He plays in the game. <laughs> I, I'm not a ride or die person. I'm not a ride or die person. No. I used to tell them that at work, you know, when they used to come and they say, can I talk to you about something? I said, before you start, are you talking to Steph? <laughs> For real. Stephanie. 
I said, let me let you know who you're talking to. I said, Steph is a coworker. Stephanie is a human resource administrator. Be careful what you say. Because if you come in and you're trying to confide in me to get some piece of information and it's something that I got to tell, then you ain't going to be happy with this conversation. So before you say anything, let me just find out who you're talking to. Because I'm letting you know, I'm not covering for anything or anybody. And, you know, you're in a bad mm-hmm. situation because you're hired by the company, you know, to work for the company, but you're also hired by the company to work on the behalf of the employees. So you're kind of like in a, in a catch-22 situation. So I used to always have to tell people, ah, please stop. <laughs> help me. Help me help you. <laughs> well, who you can make call? Because once you open up this can of worms, don't come to I said this to you in confidence. I didn't think you was going to tell. Well, let me let you know right now that there are certain things I'm not holding. Because, again, mm-hmm. like you all have said, I got to walk around with that now. And and I'm well, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. I, I, I can't walk around now. I can't sleep at night because I feel like I done betrayed someone. No, you're not putting all of that on my lap. Sorry. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. No, no, no. I, I got to be able to sleep. And you mess with my sleep, I'm going to be mad. You know, not only that, I've made a commitment to God. And I've had, and I think that was one of my exit points out of this company because, you know, there was a discrimination issue. And they came, the woman came to me and another a local human resource rep, you know, in confidence and, and, and with confidence. Um, with the confidence of knowing we were going to handle it. And when she told us about it, you know, we assured her that the company does not, you know, they don't, they don't accept and go for and condone this behavior um, of, of, your, of this treatment. And we, there will be something that will be done. We didn't say what because we weren't the ultimate decision makers. But, again, you know, if anybody had to go to court, I would have been the one that had to go to court, whatever. So the president calls me, same president who wanted to know about my confidentiality when I got hired, was the same one who came to me and said um, what happened. And I told him what happened, and I told him what the woman said. And I told him that me and the other woman had given her, you know, the confidence of knowing that the company does not condone this behavior. And he said to me, well, be careful of how we handle this, because, you know, he brings up, he's been working with the company for such and such amount of time. He brings the company a lot of money. And anybody who knows Stephanie knows the look he got. And I didn't say anything. I just listened. I said, so I'm just asking, just so I can be clear. So we covering up what happened? Well, I don't want to say we covered up. I said, ah, mm-mm, mm-mm, We either covering it up or we're going to expose it. Ain't, ain't no gray area here. Either we're going to deal with it or we're going to cover it up because he brings money into the company. I said, well, let me help you understand what side of defense I'm on. I said, if we're allowing a, a dollar to dictate whether we allow someone to be mistreated, do not expect my cooperation. I said, and I doubt if you'll get so-and-so's cooperation. I said, because it's wrong, and I'm not going to be a part of it. Well, needless to say, the next day, both of us was off the case. 
I'm not holding that secret. I, and I told him, I said, because if we go to court, y'all ain't going to be the ones sitting up in court. I've had to go to court for this company. I'm not covering for anybody. I have an obligation to God before I have an obligation to you and even myself. I have an obligation to God. I'm not going to, I'm not condoning this and I'm not going to stab it. Needless to say, the next day they said, well, you and so-and-so. And the, 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 I said, fine, fine. But understand they didn't already told me the story. <laughs> so if they asked her who she spoke to and she said Stephanie and so-and-so, know that Stephanie's opening up her mouth. And little by little, I watched God pull me out of that company. And I ended up leaving because I was ill. So you got to understand, you're going to have to make a decision in life. You're going to have to make a decision on what side of the fence you're going to be on. Are you going to be on God's side of the fence or are you going to be on man's side of the fence? So you all have definitely um, contributed greatly to this conversation. I'm sure somebody right now, even Debbie said, you know, she's battling with a decision that she has to make. So we pray that for all of those who are now sitting in this particular scenario, that uh, God will help them and guide them into um, the right decision and a peaceful decision in him. Thank you so much. We pray you, had a, we pray you have a blessed day. You as well, you. you as well. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, boy. I keep saying no matter how skeletal this crew might be, God has always got a ram in the bush. Um, thanking our due time crew for their contribution, you know, a sound contribution into this, you know, conversation. And like I said, you know, let's go back. You know, God is always going to give you an opportunity to do the right thing. Let's get that benediction. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God, the Father, and Lord, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Ephesians 6, 23 and 24. There will always be a way for you to do the right thing. Again, I'm going back to the scripture that says, you know, there is no temptation that is uncommon to man. So at the end of the day, you ain't going to go through nothing else somebody else has, has not already been through. You ain't going to be exclusive and authentic to this world. Whatever you go through, even if you have never heard of anyone else going through it that you know, trust me when I tell you, you are not exclusive to this world. You are not going to be the only one that has ever experienced what you're experiencing. But you know what? We never have to face these things alone. God has always got your back. You are never alone in your decision-making. Listen, once you're baptized, you have the Spirit of the Lord that's walking around with you. Yield to it. The Spirit of the Lord will always guide you in the right direction. That is your GPS for life and life's decisions. I've seen some people do some sick stuff, and I, and I have asked. Okay, let me ask you something. And when I ask you that, that's always the question that you won't have to answer. And I mean, whether you answer it to me or not, your conscience is going to have to answer. I said, you mean to tell me what all is going on? The Lord ain't never nudged you. Has, I mean, it said nothing to you. Ain't poked you, pawed you, pulled your hair, you know, uh, 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 pulled on you, nothing. And some, most times I'll get yes. 
And even if they were to say, no, I know you're lying, because here's the thing. The servant of the Lord always does its job. I don't care what situation you're in. I don't care how hard it is. I don't care what is going on. The spirit of the Lord is always on point. I don't care how much you suppress it, quench it, ignore it, because God does give us that ability to move all around it. He does not force himself on us at all. The spirit of the Lord is a gift that you can use as a gift, or you can make it your enemy. And now you're warring against the spirit of the Lord. You're doing things, and you're not comfortable with what you're doing. You're not comfortable with how things are going. When things are just not, you know, clear, go to the Lord. Yield to the spirit of the Lord. I promise you, it has already been guiding you and nudging you into the right direction. So for you to say, I just don't know what to do, and, you know, I I made the wrong decision, maybe that's because you made the decision. You have to know that there is a way out. God will always, oh, isn't that so comforting? That there is nothing that I will go through that God will never leave me alone. That he will always give me a way out. Now, for those of us who have allowed that to be our enemy, shame on you. Because it's a gift. You know, like I said, you know, it was my job that I was, that the same man who, 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 who was, who was so concerned about my confidentiality and that I would do the right thing. Here I am almost 15 years later, and now he needs me to go on the other side of the tent to save the company. And I said, no, I have an obligation to God. I'm sorry. Y'all may want to keep God and stay separate, but in my life I can't. I have to do what God is calling me to do. He did not put me here for me to do what Stephanie wants to do or what you want me to do. I am working for these employees, and I have an obligation to God to make sure that his people are treated accordingly. Make sure you do the right thing. You've been listening to It Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us and helping us do what we do. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, where it's Let's Talk About a Tuesday Church Faux Day. Until then, I love you.